Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't joined our wonderful marketing transformation community yet, go to innovabiz.co and collect your free gift as well. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. I do believe, as I mentioned earlier, that we are all here to make a difference. And I believe if you're listening to this podcast, then you are somebody who knows in your heart that you're here to make a difference. And you may very well not quite know what that is. But as you keep moving forward in your life, living the life that you've created, then you are going to be led to where it is or what it is that you're here to do. Welcome back. I hope you've had an awesome week so far. If you haven't listened yet to my recent conversations with author of Legendary, Tommy Breedlove, and with Patty Block of The Block Group, then do go and have a listen but only after you've finished with today's conversation. I'm really excited today to have on the Innova Buzz podcast as my guest, Susan James. Susan is self-discovery trainer and co-founder at the Self-Discovery Techniques and Life Mastery Process. Susan trains her clients in the most direct and effective experiential tools and techniques to develop limitless self-life and business mastery. They do that through workshops and one-on-one personal training that make up the self-discovery life mastery process. The self-discovery techniques and life mastery process have taken self-empowerment to whole new heights. Susan and her business have created an evolution revolution. I love the term. In our discussion today, Susan talked to me about how to quieten your mind and focus your attention. We talked about intuition and self-awareness, and we talked about the skills of the future. Without further ado, then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Susan James. Hi, I'm your host, Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm really excited today to welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast all the way from Fort Lauderdale in Florida, the USA, of course, Susan James, who's the co-founder of the Self-Discovery Techniques and Life Mastery Process. Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, Susan. It's a real privilege to have you here as my guest. Well, thank you, Jürgen. It's great to be with you today. Eric Rogel, who was our guest on episode 407 of the Innova Buzz podcast, introduced us and suggested that we have a conversation. So a big hello to Eric. Absolutely. 
Now, I know that you bring a lot of innovation to the work you do, and a lot of that is focused on helping people manage their minds to lead them to true success. So I'm really fascinated to um, learn more about that. And I know there's a, a fabulous exercise that you did with me when we first chatted. So I, we might even go into that today. We'll see where the conversation leads us. Before we start talking about all things self-discovery and, and mastery and mastering our own minds, what's the impact you're making in the world? Well, I believe that what we're doing is that we are preparing the leaders of the future. You know, Jürgen, everything that we know is what's got us to this point in life. But in order to move forward and to thrive and to really win in the future, a new set of techniques or skills are to be mastered. And that's what we believe the self-discovery life mastery process is about, mastering the skills to be human. Many people have become human doings. <laughs> Do you know what I mean by that? <laughs> yeah, yep, exactly. Many people are an expert at doing, but when it comes to being, being able to operate from a quiet mind and manage your attention deliberately, we believe that these are the skills of the future that guarantee success. Hmm. You talk about, you talk quite a bit about a change in age and um, the the time that we live in. The idea of the information age is kind of something that that we're moving out of, really, because we have all the information we need. All we need to do is pick up our phone, ask Siri or Google, and um, there we have it. Whether it's right or not, of course, is a different question altogether, but we have all the information that we could lay our hands on. Um, so how, how do you see those skills of the future in this new age that, that we're kind of moving into? How do, what do you see as important in that time? Well, as you said, there's so much information. You know, 10, 15 years ago, he or she who had the most information was king, right? They were the ones that were leading the way. However, as you say, nowadays you can go onto your smartphone, your computer, and you can find out any information that you want. However, having more information really doesn't make a difference. So, I mean, if you want to become a millionaire or you want to lose weight or you want to learn how to exercise or get a better body, you can go online and there are thousands, actually probably millions of pages <laughs> that tell you exactly how to do it. But people don't do it. And why is that? That's because of their beliefs, their consciousness, what it is that's stored in them. So we believe that in the future, being able to tap into your intuitive wisdom, which has really got drowned out by this information age, the mind has become so active, it has become so full of information that most people cannot connect to what intuitively feels right for them. So number one, being able to quieten the mind, being able to learn the very simple skills to operate and live from a quiet mind, and then being able to be aware of our limiting beliefs, because we all have beliefs. In fact, beliefs create our reality. And many of the beliefs that we have are empowering, and they're great beliefs. But we also have beliefs 
that are limiting. For example, Jürgen, remember how it was when you, before you were in a relationship, in a partnership. If you're single and you have the belief it is great to be single, isn't that a great belief to have if you're looking to create a partner? It's a great belief to have, isn't it? Hmm. Now, when you meet your ideal partner, then still having the belief that it's great to be single is in conflict with the belief that I'd like to be in a relationship. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So it's a belief so, that no longer serves you in that situation. Exactly. Exactly right. So we have believed, beliefs that served us in the past, and they simply don't serve us anymore. But they are in our psyche. They're in our body. And so until we become aware of them, and we have a very simple technique, which is called discovering limiting beliefs, until one brings those to the surface and becomes aware of where they are stored in the head or the neck or the body, and learning to release them is what needs to happen in order to create a new belief. Does that make sense? Mm, absolutely. I think one of the most common limiting beliefs probably is... is um, fear of the unknown or fear of doing new things and that probably comes about from when we were young children and our parents said you know don't do that because it's dangerous in in summary and so we say well anything that's new or unknown is dangerous and yet of course if we continue that belief into our adult life then we never try new things absolutely you know there's an, a little example i use of that it's like if you look at a little child who is just beginning to walk. Now, what's the first, what's the first thing they do when they start getting up on their legs? Yes. They fall they over. They go of right? whatever they're holding on. Yeah, they fall. Yeah, they fall, right? Now, at that point in time, Jürgen, they don't say, that's it, I'm done. <laughs> right? <laughs> they, 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 they get back up again and they try again until they are walking. They have mastered walking. But you're exactly right. As we are little, we do accumulate these limiting beliefs. And then often what happens as people go through life and they experience challenges, they go through heartbreak, they go through challenges in business. And sometimes that heartbreak, that contraction, that resistance can overtake them to the point where they just really give up. And so when I, let me just do a little side note here. The construct of the universe that we currently live in is dual in nature. So we can't have day without night. We can't have good without bad. We can't have happy without sad. So in order to get to tomorrow, we have to go through tonight. So you will find, I believe, that the greatest success stories that exist in this world are from those people who have experienced the greatest hardship. And they have learned to manage their challenges. I don't even look at things as being a challenge anymore. I look at them as an opportunity to grow mm -hmm. because I'm more connected to what's on the other side of whatever limitation it is. And that's what I have my attention on. So that comes back to managing attention. Managing your attention is a critical component because attention creates your reality. The more attention you have on something, the bigger it becomes. And I'm sure the listeners can relate to this. You know, when you have a problem 
and you just start obsessing on it and obsessing on it. And before you know it, this problem has turned into this massive thing. And then it doesn't turn out to be as bad as the mind thought it was. And it gets handled. But the mind, yeah. they gave and it to, sh you, you know what I'm talking about. It was a exactly. <laughs> and we spend a lot of time worrying about it. So we spend all our energy worrying about it rather than the opportunity to um, actually do something about it. To me, it's, it's a little like the um, metaphor of um, going into a dark room and or a dark cellar, let's say, and you've got a torchlight which has a very narrow beam and you shine your torch into one corner and there's, uh, I don't know, a rat, a rat's net. Uh -huh. you, know, you get uh, all flustered and um, concerned and, oh, I've got rats in my house and this is really bad um, or I've got rats in this place. And then if you were to shine the torch into the other corner, you'd find a pot of gold there, which is a, <laughs> completely, a completely different experience, right? But because you're shining it into the corner with the rat's nest, um, you didn't see the pot of gold. Exactly. And that's why you'll, you'll find that two people, you can say the same thing to two people, and one of them will just think it's terrible, and the other one will think it's just wonderful, because we <laughs> all have our own unique perceptions. And what you tapped into earlier, what you talked about earlier, the mind ego's greatest fear is the unknown. And because it's, again, it, it can't control it, it can't, whatever, it's just unknown. And so being able to master being present and aware, you can experience the unknown. When you're thinking, you're referencing the past. And yes, if you have a frame of reference that rats are bad, then the minute you see that rat, you think, oh my God, it's a bad thing. Hmm. Um, you know, there are some people, well, yeah, I was, I was just thinking of an example of some people who might think rats are a delicacy, so they could be very excited about finding them. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess if you're starving, <laughs> anything, exactly. anything, anything that gives you sustenance could be good. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, mastering, you know, it, it has been written for thousands of years, or masters have said that the greatest challenge in life is being able to master oneself. And I believe that is the purpose of life. I believe the purpose of life is to fulfill our potential. And the way to do that is by mastering ourselves, mastering our attention, mastering our mind, mastering our emotions, and creating our reality deliberately or more deliberately. Hmm. So how do we go about... Um focusing our attention more on, on the things that um, perhaps will get us greater success because, uh, you know, I, I alluded before that worry is something that people spend a lot of energy on worrying and I've got a funny story about um, taking a bunch of kids out cycling on a, a multi-day cycling adventure and um, on this one day they looked at the maps and the, the profiles of the day and there was this little hill in the middle of the ride so they... Uh, they kept talking the whole night before. They were talking, oh, we've got this big climb in the right tomorrow, and oh, this is going to be terrible, and how are we going to get over that hill? And so in the morning, I thought, this is ridiculous. They're still talking about this this hill, and all it was was a little 200-meter bump, which is trivial, really, <laughs> in the context of things. So I said, all right, everybody get together, 
we're going to spend two minutes worrying about this hill right now, right? And everybody kind of looked at me funny and I said, no, no, I want you to, and they sort of laughed. They thought it was a joke. And I said, no, no, I'm serious. I want you to worry about this hill. You've been talking about it all night. <laughs> You've been talking this morning at breakfast. So let's worry about this hill. And, and I said, come on, worry. Spend more time, you know, really get into this worrying. Let's focus on worrying about this hill. And, and so anyway, everybody went quiet and they kind of went serious and <laughs> went inside. And, and I said, okay, now worry harder. We've got to really worry. Don't you? you know, this is a big hill. It's going to really hurt going up that hill. And then after a little while, I said, okay, we're done now, right? So worrying's over. We forget worrying. So let's just go out and ride and no more worrying. <laughs> and it was kind I love of interesting. It was an interesting exercise. I mean, it was just something that came to me. <laughs> uh, um, just, I was just inspired to do it. And I mm -hmm. thought, oh, um, I'll get them to worry about it. And, you know, they had a bit of a laugh over it and they thought it was funny, but that distracted from the worry as well. And then at the end of the day, they say, yeah, oh, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> and I said, see, you didn't really need to, didn't need to spend that energy worrying about it. No, Jürgen, that's brilliant. Because what you did is when you tapped into, you had an intuitive flash, I'm going to have them worry deliberately. Mm. You know, there's something we call satiating. It's like if you've just had a big meal and somebody brings you another meal, are you going to want to eat the second meal? No. Probably right? not. Because you're full. And what we find is that that's exactly how what we call our identities or our beliefs are in life. It's like once you satiate it, which literally means you've had enough of it, then you can let go of it and you can create a different reality. Does that make sense? Mm. And what you also are tapping into is, is this. Um, the self-discovery life mastery process, number one, there's nothing like it on earth at all. There is no strategy, and we wish there were, but right now, as it stands right now, there's no other strategy that is more complete and whole in mastering the self and accelerating the self-mastery process, self-life and business mastery process. The thing is this, it is not some made-up system. Our training is all about understanding how we function as human beings. You know, you and I had a little bit of fun at the beginning of this call, you know, setting up our audio and et cetera, et cetera, right? Now, I use this as an example. When I first had a computer put in front of me, I didn't even know where the on button was. So I could not master that computer. Now, I'm not saying I've mastered computers, but I have mastered them enough for them to do exactly what I want them to do. We, as human beings, are exactly the same. When we don't understand how we function, then we can't do anything about the things that we prefer not to be experiencing as much of. The more that we understand how we function, number one, and number two, have the experiential tools and techniques to be able to put that into practice, the more that we can master ourselves. And the more we can shape and form our lives, rather than, as you use that example with the boys, you know, their minds were full of obsessing on that hill, as opposed to being able to experience being in nature. Mm. And the wonderful thing about that bike ride, you know, sometimes I'll sit in a restaurant, Jürgen, and I'll look around 
And what I see is I see table full, tables full of people who are talking to themselves. They're not even listening to what the other person has to say, or they're thinking about what they're going to say in response. So being able to manage your attention and actually be in the moment and present with somebody is the most important skill I believe to have, to be able to connect with another person. You know, at the end of the day, people don't get into bed and lay their head on the pillow and say, oh, I'm so happy I made an extra whatever number of dollars today. But they do feel good about that wonderful conversation they had, maybe with a friend they haven't spoken to in a while, or the connection that they had with somebody in whatever scenario during that day. Does that, you feel what I'm saying? Absolutely, yeah. And it's, uh, it's, the basis of all relationships is, I mean, people come away from meeting a new person and say, that, that person is really nice. I really like that person. And, you know, the fundamentally what underpins that is that they felt listened to. They felt, um, that they received attention from that person as opposed exactly. to the other person that's just talking and, and talking uh -huh. about themselves and not listening yep. to me. If, if I'm the one that's met them, then, then I'll go away and think, well, that person's rude or that person, I uh -huh. don't really like something I don't like about that person. I didn't connect to them. Exactly. And there's nothing wrong, you know, from awareness, this may sound very strange to the mind, <laughs> but when you're just aware and present, everything is just the way that it is. And those people who aren't connecting, they're not doing it deliberately. They just simply don't know how to connect. Hmm. And perhaps you reminded them of somebody that they didn't feel good about. And so they went into thinking because ultimately the reason that people think so much is because it's a strategy that the ego mind has to not feel. And there are two ways to live life, either in your head, thinking your way through life, being that human doing, or being alive, being present, being here now and actually in the body, actually living life, being passionate, being purposeful, being fulfilled. There's really only two options. And one of the things about what's happened in the last year and a half or so is that many, many people have had a wake-up call. And they have had time to reflect on what's really important in their life. You know, I, I sometimes quote, I sometimes say, nobody's ever on their deathbed wishing that they had an extra $100,000 in the bank, yeah. but they will often be on their deathbed saying, oh, I wish I hadn't argued with my sister or my brother or my son or whatever, and not, you know, who they haven't spoken to in 10 years. So basically, um, yeah, it's uh, there's two options. And the more that a person realizes that thinking about something is not fulfilling them, it's not making them feel good, uh, their relationships aren't working, then people start to, uh, as we call it, awaken, as I did. I mean, I went through one of the greatest challenges of my life in California when I went to California in 1981 to find the American dream. And I worked solid for, for 10 years and then woke up one day and everything that I created, and we created some amazing companies, but everything I created was gone and I was bankrupt and my relationship was over. And that was my awakening to the realization 
that that American dream was not outside of me. Hmm. It was inside of me. And so then my quest began to find and learn about myself, which is why self-discovery is called (laughs) self-discovery. It really is about discovering yourself and what's important in your life and what you're on this planet for. I believe that every single one of us is here for a very unique purpose. I also believe that every single challenge that we create as humanity, we only create it because we want to find the solution. <laughs> because we, we are creators, you know? Yeah, well, that, that's actually, that's a really neat reframe. I love that. Um, I, I was going to ask you, the, the idea of thinking and then the self-awareness and the feeling part, it's not black and white, though, is it? It's finding the right balance in any given situation. So how do we, how do we shift that balance if, if we're kind of in this human doing um, mode and we're thinking about things? Because what, one of the dangers I see in, in what we have available to us in information is there's so much information that it's overwhelming and often people find it really difficult to make a decision because they've got so much information much of it is conflicting information and so oh which one's right or what if i do it this way then it conflicts with this bit of information i have and if i do it that way so how do we kind of rebalance from that completely dominant thinking mode into more feeling and self-awareness Well, I believe that one takes time, number one, to be in nature. Nature is very hard to be in a beautiful, natural setting and to stay stuck in the mind. Hmm. So finding solutions, finding strategies that work for you. You know, everyone is different. Everyone is different. When I first met my partner, Rob, who's the person who authored and created our self-discovery life mastery process, my mind was so active that I certainly hadn't been able to meditate because I couldn't slow my mind down enough. But when I met him, I met for the first time somebody who had a quiet mind, and I knew that was something that I wanted. I also met somebody who had a bigger vision than I did. And so that was also obviously in alignment and we've created what we've created over the last 20 years. But what I would say is take time to unplug. I believe this is, again, what happened over the last year and a half. A lot of people have slowed down. They've unplugged. Getting out in nature, you know, disconnecting from devices. Hmm. Uh, One of the greatest challenges for a human being is actually to just sit in a room on their own, just with themselves. So finding a strategy in whichever way it feels right to do, whether it's listening to music, whether it's, um, yeah, nature is a big one, um, and meditation, finding, finding a strategy that works for you. Uh, everyone is unique. Some are a bit more bold than others. Um, in fact, yeah, our, our, our entire training is based on what we call the sacred seven core values. And they are courage, honesty, integrity, commitment, duty, honor, and love. Now, it takes great courage, Jürgen, to be more honest. You know, just expressing oneself, expressing 
what you really feel rather than what the mind tells you somebody else wants you to say. Does that make sense? Mm. Mm. So it takes great courage to be honest. And, and it, life is a process. So if you practice every day just being more honest, being more courageous, because, you know, courage, courage doesn't mean being fearless. Courage means you can be scared, you know what, and still take that action. Take a step forward towards your dream, uh, whatever it is that you want to create. So the courage to be more honest really does create greater integrity in a human being. And that's the evidence that we uphold our commitment to the highest duty, which is to honor ourselves and others with love. And it's commitment to something greater than ourselves. You know, if those boys on that bike ride had had their attention on the finish line, and I don't know, maybe you were serving up ice cream or cold sodas or something that they were really looking forward to, then shifting their attention to the finish line and how it would feel to get over that hump puts things in a very different perspective, doesn't it? Hmm. Yeah, that's right. The focus is uh -huh. on the goal of achieving the reward of whatever's waiting at the finish line as opposed to the um, maybe what they decided was unpleasant in the middle of the ride. Exactly. It's like the day and night. You know, if you mm. focus on, oh, my gosh, tonight's going to get really dark, that problem's going to get bigger, I'm worried, I'm afraid, etc., etc., as opposed to focusing on what's the other side of it. This is what solution-oriented people are always focused on a solution. You know, they, they never, as Rob says, they haven't ever built a statue dedicated to a critic, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah. It's not the critic, but that critic, you know, we all have one, monitor critic identity. I'm pointing to the head as I'm speaking yeah. to you because I can see you. You know, most of us have these identities in our head and they just talk to us. You know, one of the things when I'm talking to a group of people, one of the first things I will ask them, I'll ask them, now notice to see if you're listening to me and what I'm saying or you're listening to what you have to say about what I'm saying. Because <laughs> mm. most people aren't actually here now. They're thinking about the past or the future. So learning strategies to slow yourself down. And, you know, I find I just had a training session with one of my clients this afternoon, and she overdid it a little bit in the gym a couple of weeks ago, and so she's <laughs> got a cast on her leg. And oh. so one of the things she, she's very clear about is that she created that experience in order to slow her down because she had a schedule that was full. She had trips booked and then boom, in one second, it's all over. She's had to sit on her couch and practice our techniques, which is good, of course, but she's had to slow down and really step back and look at her life because she was running so fast. She couldn't, you know, she was just trying to get somewhere. And that's again, yoga. One of the challenges is people are trying to get somewhere before I became aware or that aware. I was always trying to get somewhere. I was always trying to get to tomorrow, next week, next year, when I make more money, when I do this, when I travel here, whatever, whatever. I'm exactly the opposite now. The end is going to turn out just fine because I'm here right now in this moment, in this experience with you. And this is the best moment ever. How do I know? Because it's the one that I'm in. Does that make sense? Mm. 
Absolutely. I love um I love the um and I don't don't know who to attribute this to, but I love the in the languaging we talk about um the past, the present and the future and the present mm-hmm. is a present. It's a gift. Mm-hmm. It sure is. Mm. It sure is. Absolutely. You know, the other thing I wanted to add is that when you asked about how can we like slow down, I'd like to share with you four questions. These are four questions that we give all of our participants. If you like, I can email them to you if you'd like to send them out to your, to your listeners. But if you ask yourself these questions, and you know, you're not going to do it when you're in the middle of a lot of things, but you give yourself some time to contemplate on question one. What type of person do I want to become? And you reflect Mm. on that. And then the second question is what kind of people or persons do I want to be around? Do I want to have in my world? And then the third question is what kind of world do I want to live in? What do I want the world to look like? And then the fourth question is, what will my legacy be? How will I make a difference? Because I do believe, as I mentioned earlier, that we are all here to make a difference. And I believe if you're listening to this podcast, then you are somebody who knows in your heart that you're here to make a difference. And you may very well not quite know what that is. But as you keep moving forward in your life, living the life that you've created, then you are going to be led to where it is or what it is that you're here to do. Does that all make sense? It does make sense. Um, I'm curious, so when you go through that exercise, do you have people write things down or... How do you do it? Um, yes. Because I imagine yes. that I imagine that taking the time to focus inwardly and asking those questions that you know tomorrow or the next day the answer might be slightly different. And as you mm-hmm. as you add to the insights you get when you sit and reflect, mm-hmm. um, you probably discover more and more about what your own purpose might be or what kind of world mm-hmm. you want to live in. So, Jürgen. I'm going to give you the secret. (laughs) You heard it here first, people. (laughs) (laughs) It's all about feelings. Mm. Now, the details are fine, but it's all about feelings. Nobody wants to win the lottery in order to have a stack of pieces of paper in the United States with pictures of dead presidents on, by the way, <laughs> in, a, in a closet, correct? That's not why people want to win the lottery. Hmm. They want to win the lottery in order to buy that car they've always wanted, to make them feel a certain way, maybe to buy a house for their mom, maybe for financial security. So everything in life is about how you feel. There are only two motivating factors in life. And number one is I want to feel more good. The other duality is I don't want to feel bad. Hmm. And so the more that people connect to what it is they really want to feel, 
then the more on track they're going to be. It's like, you know, whatever it is that you have for lunch today, you're not going to have it because you think it's a good idea. Although some people, I'm sure, do live that way. You're going to have it because of how it makes you feel. Hmm. You're not in a relationship with somebody because you think it's a good idea. You are in a relationship with somebody because of how they make you feel. You're driving the car that you drive because of how it makes you feel. You're living where you live because of how it makes you feel. And some of the time that's because it feels good. Some of the time it doesn't feel good. And again, that's duality at play. Does that uh, shed a little different light on that? Yeah, it does. It certainly does. And I think if um, if we focus on that, I mean, I talk a lot in our marketing work about um, thinking about what what do you do for your clients and how does that make them feel? Uh, because at the end of the day, if they don't feel good about it, then they're probably not likely to want to work with you. Well, exactly. And you've tapped into something. You know, there's a saying, people don't care how much you know mm. until they know how much you care. And so by being present and aware with somebody, then you can actually hear what it is that they want. And what I'll, I often do is I'll ask them to explain it because what I think somebody might want or my interpretation of what they say they want is through my filters rather than actually listening to them through their filters, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, it comes comes back to what you said earlier that we create our own realities. So we we look at we have this set of values, we have this set of beliefs, some of which are limiting beliefs, but even the ones that are good uh, beliefs that are serving us right now, they're filters through which we see the world. And and so absolutely, as you, as you said earlier, we uh, two people can see the same thing in front of them and have a mm -hmm. totally different. Uh, view of it exactly and you can be feeling really really bad one day and a pot of gold that might be sitting in front of you doesn't look like a pot of gold you know what i mean hmm. um, but it's all about the feel uh, it's a, and that that what that incorporates and this is something we do in our advanced courses we have personal training which is one-on-one -on -one, and then we have workshops and they move forward different levels there as they advance forward but as people go through it, then they open up their hearts more and more. And as you quieten the mind, you can hear your intuitive wisdom. And that is what is unique to all of us. When you talked earlier about there being so many solutions, you, you can Google a question, you'll come up with 10 different possible answers or decisions, right? And um, responding or taking an action from the mind is very, very different than from the heart. We have a, a in one of our um, techniques, there's a question and it goes like this. Are you acting out of inspiration and intuition or desperation and irritation? Because you know that wheel of you know that wheel of karma. You know if you're upset and pissed off at someone, and you pick up the phone and you call them from that space, then how's that call going to go? It's probably mm. not going to go that well, right? But if you sort of you know relax a little, let some of that anger disperse because it's your anger, it's not them. They just push the button in you. But that's a whole other conversation. 
But if you pick up the phone and you have more of an attitude, or number one, you're more present, then you're going to get a very different outcome than you will if you do it from being angry and you're uh, not happy about it. If that, uh, yes, yeah, that yeah. intuition, that intuition is what makes, uh, it, and that's where vision and purpose, you know, comes from that, whatever it is that's unique to you. Hmm. No, that, that, I think that's a very important point because we often forget that we project our feelings onto others, right? And so in your example, um, and I've had this, I, I fall into this trap all the time. So I, um, something doesn't work and I feel that, um, you know, the support is not being responsive. And so I'll contact somebody at support. And I'll say, you know, oh, I'm really angry. I'm really frustrated. You know, why isn't this working? And I can't get anybody on the phone to help me out. And of course, the person on the other end of the phone is kind of like, oh, not another one. <laughs> hmm. Exactly. Well, Basically, I believe that we are here to experience our karma. I heard it once said that life's the only time when you get the test before the lesson. And I'm sure you can relate to that. So I believe that we're here to learn the lessons that we're here to learn, our karma. And that the more that we accelerate that and we integrate it and we learn those lessons, the faster and the more we can have our attention on our purpose. And so I believe that we actually, and this may take some people out on a limb, but I trust that there's somebody listening that this will make some sense to, is that it's actually the beliefs that are stored inside of us that attract and create a person to say what they say that brings up that resistance in us so that we can integrate it. In my world, everywhere, everything in life is either an expression of love, which is just clear and neutral. I'm not talking about emotional type of love that is talked about a lot in fantasy cartoon movies. But everything in life is either an expression of love or it is a cry for love. And another word you could use for love is also attention. Mm. And at the end of the day, everybody is looking for attention. But the challenge is that you really can't get attention from others. There's only one person that you could really get attention from, and that's yourself. And so if your bottle of attention is empty, then you're just going to run around creating drama and just trying to suck it from anywhere you can get it. Um, and that's why things look the way they do right now, what we call a little bit out of order, a little bit in wrong order. So I believe the number one most important thing is to get to know yourself, to discover yourself, and to give yourself attention. And to, you know, for many people, maybe all of us, it's healing the wounds that we, that we, you know, those beliefs, those sabotage patterns that we brought into this lifetime and that often got um, repeated when we were children. So uh, those limiting beliefs, you know, whatever they were, and everybody has, whether you're the president, whether you're the guy parking cars down at the restaurant, everybody has limiting beliefs. Everybody has some flavor of I'm not enough, I'm not good enough, I'm unlovable, 
there's something wrong with me. You know, there's a handful that everybody has some flavor of. And again, you can't be on this planet without having that duality. You can't have the good without the bad. And so the more that you listen to yourself, the more that you give yourself what it is that you want, the more you can be there for others. You know, it's a little bit of a dichotomy, but the more selfish I am, the more selfless I can be. If I'm on this call with you and I'm worried and obsessed about a phone call that I missed or someone coming to my front door, then I can't be fully with you. So being able to give yourself what you need and those feelings and to heal those broken hearts, to heal those, you know, I use the word fantasy because I don't believe anyone's ever met anyone who could say that their life looked exactly the way they expected it to. Or anybody who can say that they've gone through life and have not experienced pain, disappointment, loss, sadness. This is just part of life. But in my world, it's how much, how fast can you integrate it and get back on track to what it is that you're here to do. Hmm. And and as you said earlier, every setback, however you, you call them, mm -hmm. is a learning opportunity. And we learn yep. from them. And and you also exactly. said you also said, and I I'm gonna remember this one. This um it was an interesting take is that we create our own problems so that we can find a solution. So it's a kind of we challenge ourselves, hey, uh, let's make a problem so I've got something to do because I'm Exactly. Exactly. You know, I think it was, I don't know if it was Winston Churchill, but somebody said that the purpose of life is a life of purpose. Hmm. Because at the end of the day, you know, if you really look at it, um, what's the purpose? We live, we, we, we're born, we live and we die, right? If you don't give meaning to your life, then what is there to get up for in the morning? And, uh, and this is why, you know, there's a lot of people checking out right now because they're just, they can't get out of their heads. They're obsessed with thinking and they can't get out of their heads and they believe that checking out is going to be a solution. Um, so there's a lot of pain out there. And the more that that can be integrated, the more joy, abundance, love, etc. So I'd love to share our vision because I believe there are people who are listening who may be able to connect to this, and it may mean something to them. This is the vision that we have. It's the vision of an enlightened civilization, a world where love prevails. Challenges are handled with wisdom. Humanity as a whole abounds with joy, growth, and freedom. Cooperation is a standard practice. Prosperity abounds. Governments act in the interest of the highest good of the people. Creativity flows. Health and well-being are normal states of being for the masses. Everyone on earth has food to eat and all basic needs are met. Nature is supported and cared for by mankind, and mankind aligns with nature. 
Mankind supports each other in attaining their highest and best. The mission of the self-discovery trainers is to support the fulfillment of this vision by acting with total commitment to supporting the highest good, the enlightenment of humanity. And we have a, uh, actually, I, I got it as a license plate on my car. It's EC2030. So we are clear that by 2030, the world is going to look different than the way that it does. And so what you mentioned that technique that I walked you through when we spoke uh, a few weeks ago. Um, if anybody on the call would like to uh, have a complimentary call with a self-discovery trainer, uh, to walk them through that very simple technique. It is the simplest form of meditation, Jürgen. And how was your experience? It certainly quietened your mind down a little bit, didn't it? It certainly did. In fact, I'd, um, it was so wonderful that I kind of applied it again uh, in a few instances on myself when I felt a little bit stressed or concerned about something. And it, it again just relaxed me quite in the mind down and got me reconnected with what I was feeling about the particular issue and I, I then used the technique. I, I stole it from you and used it in one of my events to start off the uh, conversations, which was ah. quite interesting, interesting experience. Mm -hmm, good. Well, we, we, uh, we put it on our website so people can have it. Uh, the challenge, the, the biggest challenge with that, uh, when people have said, oh, I've used your technique and we'll say, mm. no, the biggest challenge is that it's how present are you when you're delivering? Yeah. You know, we go through thousands of hours to train to be aware to deliver. But it's a wonderful technique. It brings you back to here now. As I said, it is the simplest form of meditation that exists. So uh, if anybody's interested, then I know you'll put my contact information uh, with the podcast and they can reach out and uh, we'd love to share it with you. Fantastic. Well, this is been wonderful Susan I um, you know we've covered lots of ground here I think it's a good point now though to move on to the buzz which is our innovation round and it's designed to help our listeners who are primarily innovators and leaders in their field with some tips from your experience so I've got five questions hopefully you'll give us some really inspiring insightful answers and and um, inspire the listener to go and do something awesome as a result today sure so, probably touched on this what's the number one thing you think anyone needs to do to be more innovative without a question learn how to quiet the mind hmm. because innovation does not come from the mind and what we have in today's world is a whole bunch of people that are just regurgitating the past something that is truly unique like bill gates steve jobs they tapped into the field which was not the mind so that's the number one thing. Hmm. Yeah, and going through the exercise you've just described is probably a good mm -hmm. place to start. Yeah, being connected to vision, vision and purpose too. It's like what's the purpose mm. of whatever it is you want to innovate? What is the purpose? How is it of value to the world? Does it, you know, a lot of people have great ideas, but guess what? The rest of the world doesn't agree with them. There's a big, <laughs> there's a big difference between what I think should happen and what the world needs to have happen or your customer, your clients need to happen. Does that make sense? Mm, absolutely, yeah. That's, uh, that's one of the biggest problems of um, 
of most businesses, I think, is that um, they have these wonderful ideas that they think are wonderful ideas, but nobody else actually thinks it's such a great idea. So mm-hmm. I wonder why they can't sell things. Yeah, because it comes from the mind. When it comes from the heart and from intuitive guidance, that's a whole different story. Hmm. What's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? What I just said. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. There are no ideas from the mind. There's just repeated. Mm. It's like the only way you can tap into something that's new, it's beyond you. It's a... I'm going to give you a quick example. So Andrew Carnegie, he stood on the edges of the Mississippi River, which at that time pretty much divided America. And he stood on the edge of that river and he said, I am going to build a bridge that spans this river. Now, the steel did not exist. It did not exist at that time. But he had a burning vision. And that vision is what created everything to happen that now we have massive bridges and he created the steel. So being driven, you know, having, being aware, of course, is very important. However, having a vision, you know, Michael, uh, Bill Gates, rather, he had a vision of everyone having a computer on their desk. He didn't know how it was going to happen, but he was stuck to the vision. So burning with vision in the heart, that is a critical component. Burning with vision and passion and purpose and fulfilling your unique, whatever it is that you're here to create. Yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. And a couple of great examples there too. Um, now, do you have a favorite resource you use most often? What would you mean by resource? <laughs> well, it could be anything. It could be a tool or it could be, um, maybe it's, maybe it's, uh, your intuition. Um, I'll tell you what it is. It's source awareness. Everything in life changes. The only thing in life that is constant is change. Everything is always changing. But source awareness, connection to who you really are, stillness, silence, source, that is eternal. And that is definitely my, uh, what was it you called? My tool. Resource. My, uh, <laughs> my that, that it, that is my limitless resource. And, and, and mm. yoga, the more, the more that a person is introduced to source awareness, we have our advanced workshop coming up this weekend, and that's what the whole weekend's about. The more a person's tapped into that, the more everything else becomes secondary. Mm. I love it. It's fascinating. Probably a topic of another podcast episode on its own. All right. Now, what's the best way to keep a client on track once you start working with them in in these particular areas? To remind them of their ideals and their vision and their purpose. And, uh, yeah, you, you know what it is? It's actually reminding them of who they really are. <laughs> because, Jürgen, we are not our limiting beliefs. We are not our sabotage patterns. We are not our thoughts. We are not our beliefs about ourselves. We are far greater than any of that. And, and we all know this. Everybody listening to this has had peak experiences, right? You know what I mean by that. Peak experiences when you're just on top of the world. Nothing you do can go wrong. It just flows. You're in the zone. It just works perfectly. So most people have had those brief experiences. I know I did before I started awakening. I had a flash here, 
when I was, you know, at this point, you know, I had a few, a handful of flashes of, oh my God, I just feel amazing. Now, that's my experience every day. I mean, I'm living my life, my ideal life in every way. That does not mean to say I got anywhere. There's nowhere to get to. Tomorrow, I will be more so myself. So I think our most important job, we call ourselves self-discovery trainers, but we're really reminders to remind ourselves and everyone around us of who they really are, which is that it's these, it's those sacred seven core values. Every single one of us has courage, honesty, integrity, duty, commitment, honor, and love inside of us. The more attention we have on those things, the more we become it. Whatever it is our attention is on is what we become. Hmm. So, um, so that's a, these are great questions. Yeah, love it. And, um, you know, the idea of connecting back to purpose, but also getting really clear on who is it that we are. And there's, there's, I was reminded that, you know, we talk about if we've done something that we're unhappy with what we've done and there's, there's a saying often that comes up with, well, that's really not who I am. So maybe we've lashed out at somebody and gotten angry and, and then we say, well, that's not really who I am. So it's kind of a little bit like that, isn't it? Well, if you want to go down that road a little bit, basically the way it works is this. I'm such a know-it-all. I know it all. <laughs> what, what happens is this, okay, is that we, we grow up, we're little children, and we learn strategies. I mean, everything in life is a strategy. So we learn, even as a baby, we learn to cry if we want to be fed or we want to be changed or we want something, right? So we learn these strategies as a child in order to get attention. And sometimes it's good attention, sometimes it's not such good attention. But these, what we call these are like identities. So I learned as a little girl that if I didn't want to go to school, kindergarten, I would pretend to have a stomachache and I'd say, mommy, mommy, I'd play this little victim um, and I would, I would just go ahead and play this game out. And guess what? It was brilliant. It got me exactly what I wanted. I got to stay home with mom. I got her attention. But these things, they lodge in our psyche, in our, in our energy field. So, a lot of this is about becoming aware of the identities that create those scenarios, such as what you just referenced. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, and finally then, what's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves? So we've talked about, you know, the seven oh, that's simple. core values that everybody has. We've talked about commonalities that we all have. How do we differentiate ourselves? Be ourselves. <laughs> There is nobody on the planet like you or me. So the more that I'm just myself, present, aware, here now, the more everything works. It's very, very simple. Yeah. And, of course, the self-awareness part is real important there, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. Well, thanks, Susan. This has been absolutely fabulous. Now, you mentioned before... Um, that will include the links in the show notes. Where can people find out more about you, get a hold of um, that quietening the mind exercise and perhaps even other information and also reach out and say thanks for what you've shared today? Sure. Well, my email address is susan at s for self, d for discovery, lifemastery.com. 
My telephone number is 954, area code, of course, for the United States, 954-873-0144. Our website is sdlifemastery.com. And our website is really for information purposes. Um, it is, uh, we are in an experiential uh, business. Mm. So uh, there's information on there, but really to have any sort of uh, uh, an experience, uh, it really takes speaking with a real person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is um, something that I'm quite keen on in this day and age of automated marketing systems that uh, can oh, yes. a real person and putting the human back into marketing. I love it. Exactly, yeah. Mm. All right, so before we wrap this up, do you have some parting advice for our listener today? I would say that listen to your intuition, notice what shows up in your reality, and follow follow the line, as it were. You know, if you, somebody sends you a meditation app or a, or something about, and any way in which you can connect more to yourself, then do so. Um, you know, only the bold and courageous come to self-discovery because we are not, we're not for the faint-hearted. We are, the, we are for those people, as you can tell from that vision, we mean business. Um, and uh, so there are ambitious, driven people who say, hey, you know, I definitely would like to speed this up and manage my consciousness. But I would say that do whatever you can to um, grow. Grow is what it's all about. That's what life is all about, is growing, right? Mm. Silkworm. Yeah. You know, the cocoon turns into the butterfly. That's what we're here to do. That's what I believe. So do whatever you can to enrich your life, not necessarily your mind, but your life. Hmm. Love it. And, of course, we're either growing or rotting, right? As, uh, exactly. From the, minute, from the minute we're born, we start hmm. the downward descent. <laughs> <laughs> how, much, how much of myself can I be if you have that attitude? How much can I fulfill my potential? How much can I be my unique self? How much can I contribute? Uh, mm. I believe some of us certainly at this time are on this planet for exactly that purpose. Great. All right. Well, finally, Susan, who else should I get on this show and why? Mm, I don't know that I have an answer for that. Um, Eric, of course, you've already spoken with Eric, mm. um, but I will put my thinking cap on and if I... Uh, come up with somebody i will let you know okay well we'll follow up with some further conversation on that and see where it leads oh, thanks. So oh, thanks so much for sharing your time and your insight so generously with us today this has been thoroughly enjoyable it's been challenging in many ways and i certainly hope that um, people are challenged to kind of think about these things and do some work on self-discovery and on what they're actually feeling so, there you go. Thanks. Beautiful. Well, thank you for creating this platform for so many. I know you make a big difference for a lot of people. Thank you, Susan. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed that insightful and really engaging conversation with Susan and took something away from her episode. I love the reframe around problems. We create problems so that we can solve them. I'm curious to know what you took away from Susan's episode. Leave a comment below the blog post, which you can find at innovabiz.co forward slash Susan James. That is S-U-S-A-N 
J-A-M-E-S, all lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Susan James. You'll also find contact information for getting in touch with Susan there, as well as links to the Self-Discovery Life Mastery website, to her social media pages, and the other resources we spoke about in our conversation today. If you like this episode, don't keep it to yourself. Please share it with two other people that it might help. And if you tag me in on that share, I will reach out to you personally with a special surprise thank you. Tune in again to the next episodes of the Innova Buzz podcast where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up, including leadership and development coach Stephen Barkley of Flintrock and Stefan Smulders, co-founder of Expandy. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show to be reminded of new episodes. It's free to subscribe. Leave a review if you like. Even if you don't like me, I'm okay with that. I'm asking you to leave a review because it helps other people find this show. Go to innovabiz.co to join our marketing transformation community and access a free gift my team and I made for you. It's the Marketing Master Mini Class. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.